You're listening to the Sailing to Success podcast show, where we share practical tips and strategies to help you be more productive, boost your profits, and grow your business. Hi, I'm Lindsay Phillips, founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth, and I'll be your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. Today, I'll be chatting with client attraction expert, Benjamin Tyler. He shares his compelling story and how you can master your story to attract more clients. He shares some key strategies and tips, including how to have authentic sales conversations that build trust and a lucrative business. So let's get started. Super. So I would love to introduce you to Benjamin Tyler. So before I do that, I just want to let you know all about this great man. He is the founder of the Client Enrollment Academy, where he shows coaches and consultants how to attract quality leads and then turn them into client success stories so that they can build the business that they you know, got them started on the entrepreneurial journey in the first place. And starting his business without any experience, uh, Benjamin leveraged his story to start building his clientele. And you know, in the saturated marketplace, he, he really believes that messaging through one's personal story is the key to standing out and building a lucrative business. So, um, and we're gonna get into some good stuff. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to connect with you one-on-one. I've listened to your show and it's nice to actually get to talk to you. I know. I love podcasts for this reasons because you can meet people all over the place. <laughs> now, yeah, and the great thing about podcasts is you also sometimes you listen to someone and they become your friend, even though you never talked to them. Yeah, totally. I've got yeah. Yeah, one of the podcast guests that I've had is like from like Iceland or Finland or something, and we like Facebook message and um, connect on different levels. So yeah, it's it's such a great medium. I just love it. And, and for you, it's, it's another great way to share your story. So before we kind of get into, you know, what is a story and what does that mean and kind of deep dive into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, of course. So I got into the entrepreneurial space getting into personal development. I wanted to do personal development which we'll call a life coach. That's basically when everyone used to ask, so you're a life coach. Yes, that's what I was doing. But I found out very quickly that nobody wants a life coach. And I was, I had this passion in me, this thing that I wanted to give the world and help people with and nobody wanted it. I couldn't even give away my work pro bono. And it was mm-hmm. very frustrating. Yeah. Um, I told myself that my marketplace didn't want what I had. I told myself that no one could afford my services. I told myself that I wasn't good enough. And the problem was, is I was living in New York city. So I knew my marketplace was, my marketplace was big enough. Yeah. Even though I was telling myself that, and I knew there, there was tons of money. I just wasn't able to get to it. And out of frustration, one day I said, you know what? Like I've tried everything. I've tried like, saying I'm a life coach. I've tried to make it sound prettier using the words breakthrough and empowerment. And I'm just going to go into this place and just tell people who I am. Yeah. So I, I went into an event and in the conversation, I'm very good at building rapport, but when the conversation said, Ben, what did you do? I, instead of telling people what I did, I said, you know what, can I just share my story with you? And they were just like, sure. And I went into my story, which is, you know, at 12 years old, I sat my mother down and started bawling, pleading for her to give me some form of affection. And when she wasn't able to do that in my life, I told myself 
that I would never be hurt again and that love was something that you'd earn. Mm-hmm. So I went down a road where I was very successful and my goal in life was to build a life that other people would envy. So I was successful in school. I was traveling the world. I helped start a nonprofit organization. But the more and more trophies I got in my life, the emptier I felt. Right. And to numb that, I was using drugs, alcohol, gambling, which ultimately led me at 27 years old, living in New Orleans, showering with a garden hose. And I was blaming the world for everything. And then one day I just finally said, you know what? You're the reason why your, your life is this way. You need to change. Mm -hmm. And I started investing in myself in coaching. I started, you know, showing up in the world differently. And now, you know, two years later, I'm successful. I, at the time I was living in New York, I I said I was successful. I not, I don't have these addiction issues anymore. I stand in my authenticity and all I know is right now I feel like I need to help other people stand in the true self. There's most people prevent themselves from ever standing in their greatness. And I want to help people have those breakthroughs so they can stand in the person they truly want to be. And when I told that story to people, all of a sudden their ears perked up. All of a sudden, all of a sudden some people want to have one-on-one conversations with me over coffee. And some of those people turned into clients. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have knowledge. I didn't have an expertise. I didn't have certificates. My background is civil engineering. And I just started sharing who I was and how I wanted to serve the world. And all of a sudden people wanted, people wanted to work with me. And then when I transitioned into client enrollment Academy, I didn't have business. I know it was the same thing from scratch. I moved from New York city to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And everybody in Milwaukee, Wisconsin said, nobody will invest in themselves. It's the hardest place in the country to sell. It can't work here, Ben. And I just went around, I shared my story and my first month I made a little over $6,000. I enrolled five clients because of the same tactic. Right. I let people know who I was. That's amazing. Cause it's really people connect with, I mean, yes, they want a service that, you know, helps them grow and helps them do this and that, but they want to connect with you on a human level. Um, yep. and feel that, that you relate that the element of trust. That's it's really that like no trust factor. Yeah. And sometimes we forget yeah. about that, you know? Well, the thing is, is 90% of your buying decision is made emotionally. Yeah. And there was a study done by Antonio Damasio. He's a neuroscientist based out of USC. He did research on, Patients whose emotional part of the brain that created all the emotional senses was permanently damaged. These people only had logic and rationale to dictate their life. And they struggled ordering from a menu. Do I have steak? Do I have chicken? What appetizer do I get? Oh my gosh, I got to choose sides. What do I have to drink? <laughs> like that's what was going through their head. Yeah. They couldn't even order from a menu. And that's where everybody's trying to market and sell from. This is what I do. Yeah. This is how I can help you. This is, you know, my company, this is my product. But if you're going to stand and sell from that 10%, the rational, logical place, that's a, that's a battleground of objections. I don't have time. I don't have money. I can't invest in myself. I need to invest in my children or whatever other objections that people have. And if you're going to sit there and logically sell, it's, it's a very hard place to be. But if yeah. you jump into the 90% and inspire people and emotionally charge people 
then it's going to be easier to get paid what you're worth, to get more clients, to serve however you want to serve this world. And it's just, most people aren't tapping into that place. And it all starts with marketing, which is sharing your story so you can connect with your ideal clients. Right. That's huge. Um, now, yeah. for those that don't get it, like what, what, how would you explain what a story is? A story is, so a story, a great way to explain what a story is, is a movie. You know, it's, it's creating a movie type experience and a journey that is, that takes somebody through in marketing. It's through a pain point that they have Mm -hmm. and then seeing what it's like to get come out on the other end. Right. And I think the best way to share stories is, is just a movie. It's a, you know, a movie. If you got, if you're speaking from a stage and you got 90 minutes, that movie's probably like a movie length. It's 15 minutes, or it could be just a commercial, a networking event. You know, it's just a little commercial Mm -hmm. and you're just telling, you're showing a pain point and you're showing the resolution in the time that you have. That makes sense. Now through scenes, I mean, it's through scenes and yep. But how do you get over the mindset? Because a lot of people, and I've been through it too, it's like, oh, who wants to hear my story? Like, it's it's not that, you know, wow factor. It's not mind-blowing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, those feelings that people have that they don't necessarily want to share their story because it's personal, maybe even. Mm-hmm. So, it, well, there's two things about story. First, the first thing is, is, I mean, my story with addiction and, you know, not feeling love, <laughs> you know, love like that, that's not like, I don't always, I don't have to leave from that vulnerable space. Like in the, I do because I'm used to it and I'm comfortable. Yeah. But in the business space, so like I'm in the business space now, I'm very transparent. I'm very vulnerable with story about my struggles in business. And most people from the business place they think that they have to play God for their potential client. Like they have it all. Mm-hmm. But I come from a place where, no, I share my stories of my struggles. I let, I let myself be human and be that vulnerable place. Right. And you have to be, you have to share your vulnerability and your mistakes in this market because there's too many people out there playing God. And it's a very hard, it's, they all have the same message. You, you go on right. Facebook, you know, Oh, the two, you know, two step funnel system to make a hundred thousand dollars a month. Exactly. I mean, that's all saturated. The 21 day challenge to lose 10 pounds. Like it's all the same message. You need to be vulnerable and you just have to be willing to come to that place of being authentic and sincere about the fact that you do have a story and you have struggled and it doesn't have to be your personal story. It could be showing the pain points that your, your client has. Because if you're serving your clients, you've had that pain point before. So share. So basically sharing, sharing your journey, whether it's ups and downs. Yep. Um, and yeah, and a lot of people find that hard to do. They, they don't want to um, disclose, you know, they want that veneer of they've got it all together. They know all the answers. Um, but you're saying that you will attract more clients if wow are you there 
Yes, yes, we broke up for a second. Yeah, it, it totally disconnected my Zoom. Um, yeah. So but I'm, no, you're right. You're continue to fix that. We can just continue. We can continue. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, it, and it's also this mindset that we we think we need to serve everybody instead of attracting yeah. the people that are actually emotionally charged to us. We think we have to serve everybody, and we're trying to, you know, most people don't gravitate with my story. I part of my story is not just to attract my ideal clients; it's to repel the people I don't want. Yeah, that's true. You know, I don't, I don't want to you know, I share my vulnerability and my story because I don't want to work with perfectionists. Right. Because I know, I know the, the client that expects me to be perfect is going to be the hardest client to work with. Yeah. Cause I'm human. I make mistakes. You know, not everything is, you know, I don't, they're going to be more high demand. I'd rather just have my 10% of people that actually gravitate towards me and have a connection with me and want to be a friend and will allow me to serve them. I'd rather have that place than working with a bunch of people mm -hmm. that are expecting me to be God. Yeah. That's a really great point. And it's funny when you start out a business, you, um, you do think about marketing to the masses, if you will, because you want to get mm -hmm. as many clients as possible. But yeah, I mean, being your, your authentic self, sharing your story but also marketing to, you know, that specific niche who's your ideal client, um, A, would make you more successful, but, but B, make you enjoy your business even more. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There's nothing more painful than working with a client that you don't, you don't really necessarily enjoy. No, I'm the same <laughs> way. I know. I honestly, like all of my clients, I, some of them have had for years. I call them like my friends. I absolutely adore them. Um, some of them feel like family to me. Um, I genuinely love the relationships that I have with my clients and I, I would not want it any other way. You, you nailed it. I feel the same way. So how do you, so do you help then people perfect their story? Yeah. So I mean, there's two, I help people depending on the message they want to give across. And when we think of story, we always think about the past, right? We think about that, that story that happened to us a long time ago. Um, you know, sometimes crafting the message of where they are today and right. creating, you know, creating the branding story and getting the message. It's not always about who you are when you're constructing story, mm -hmm. you got to figure out what are the pain points of your clients. Right. So, you know, so the pain points of my clients, I work with, you know, I've worked with people that want to build businesses and for programming. I've worked with massage therapists, but primarily I work with coaches. And in that place, there's a lot of not feeling good enough. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the fact of, you know, I, I am an adamant person about public speaking. So I talk about some stories with that mm -hmm. and just, Getting paid, getting paid what you're worth. So I talk about yeah. those pain points and then I say, okay, when has that happened in my life? Okay, well then let me construct that story and share them how I went through that same, same thing in my life and how I got through it. And it's not just the outcome, but the new life I have now that I've done it. Right. So it's and not sharing just how... Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not just your, your past and your journey. It's also 
like you're creating a bunch of mini stories to, to connect with those potential clients. A hundred percent. Everything we story gets us into that place. I mean, we, all of our examples, we love story. You look at great speakers, great influencers, Mm -hmm. great salespeople. They don't just, a speaker doesn't just go on the stage and like tell you facts. Right. And gave you figures. I mean, everyone's been to that talk and you want to blow your brains out. <laughs> the greatest, the greatest speakers are flowing in and out of story. They're, yeah, you're right. they're, they're taking you on journeys because we're, we're experiential creatures. We're not logical. We, we are actually creatures that use senses and, you know, we want, we want to take people to scenes and places. We don't want to just feed them like knowledge and knowledge and knowledge Knowledge is the worst facts and figures are some of the worst selling components you can do to somebody because you bore them. Mm -hmm. Well, you've inspired me to um, create more story in my marketing and message. That's for sure. Um, So are there, are, do you have any tips for people that do you get anyone that ever like tries to tell their story, but it sounds forced or are there any do's and don'ts that we should be aware of? Yeah. Um, I think the best thing about needing to know about stories first, there's two things that people you need to get out of your story. Mm -hmm. And the first is, is everybody wants to put in the facts and the figures and Mm -hmm. the stats and then, you know, he said this, then she said this, then he said this, then I did this. We don't need to know all that. Yeah. The, the details don't matter as much as we want to think they do. Okay. The deta- we, we just need to get to the point of our messaging. Um, and the other thing is, is the outcome. We all know the outcome of the story. We all know when you're telling a story and a problem that, you know, hopefully the person is going to resolve that instead of just ending a story with the outcome, share the new life. And what the new life is, is how does the person, the business show up differently in the world now? You know, if you're doing something that's productivity, it's not just like, yeah, now they're more productive and you know, they've shaved off two hours of their day. Mm -hmm. What are they doing with the two hours? How does it affect them? Yeah. How do they show up differently now that they have two extra hours? Are they, are they doing another piece to their business or are they, you know, are super emotional things is they're spending time with their family actually. Yeah. You know, they got two more times to spend time with their family and, you know, eat dinner now with the family every night before they were never able to have that. I mean, that's a huge emotional new life charge. Totally. And it's, it's getting out of the facts and showing more of the vision of how these people show up differently in the world. That's true. And so I think I- the other, the other piece of story that people need to focus on is while your personal story is very powerful, it needs to be, it needs to be steered towards the pain of your client. Okay. You know, like it's my not- story, I was talking <laughs> You know, my story I was talking about, I didn't lead into my issues with addiction. I led into the fact that I couldn't get a a client to save my life. Right. Like that's the real pain point of my client right now struggling to get clients. That's what, that's where my story was. 
And so often, sometimes personal story, when I struggled sharing my personal story at first, it wasn't, it wasn't message towards who I actually wanted to work with. It was just, it was almost me just sharing my story to share it for my own, my own goodwill. Yeah, I like that. So when you say, you know, we should be having sales conversations that are more authentic and help build trust, um, explain what that means and how we can incorporate story and into that situation. Yeah. Well, the story is more of the marketing and the client attraction. Um, in the actual sales conversation, to bring in the authenticity, I will, I will use story in testimonials and personal experiences when I'm dealing with objections. But even before that, mm-hmm. having authentic, me telling my story and being open allows people to be open with me when they come to a sales conversation with me. True. I'm very good. I'm very good at my openness allows people when they sit down with me, like when I just say, Hey, can we just have a real conversation? We get real quickly. And it's my, the reason why I'm, I'm good at sales conversations and opening people up is because I don't enter the sales conversation just thinking about trying to get the sale at the end. Right. And we put so much, when I first started selling, I put so much pressure on myself. You know, I, I was getting all sweaty, like 15 <laughs> minutes beforehand. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to get this sale and I'm gonna, I got to use this one closing line. And then, you know, I'm going to try this line out and it's going to, you know, it's going to blast through all their objections and I'm going to get the deal. And I was always, I wasn't staying present in the actual flow of what was going on. Right. You were too busy thinking and, about the next step and the strategies involved. Yeah. And the, I mean, research, research even shows that for a high ticket sale, so any ticket, really anything that's over $2,000, mm-hmm. it closing lines don't actually work. Mm-mm. There was a guy, Neil Rackman, who wrote a great book called spin selling and he did over a million dollars of research and found out that closing lines don't work. About. So instead of worrying about closing lines, if you can just get into the conversation and figure out where they're at and connect and, and come from a place of serving, like, Hey, what do you need? Yeah. Versus coming from a place of selling, which is, Hey, I have this for you and this thing would be great for you. And I think you really should have it and saying, this is why you need it. Instead of just opening up and saying, where do you, where are you right now? Where are you struggling? Mm-hmm. And if they're struggling with something that your product can help them with, then present it. But if you don't have the thing for them, stay open and figure out how you can still help them. Share your network, you know, coach them anyways. And, and just come, if you come from a place of, of serving people in a sales conversation, everything becomes easier. Yeah. And I think the other two, like you said about being more authentic, the other person is going to be more open to receive what you have to say. Of course, of course there's, we've all been sold to, right? Like we, we've sat down in a conversation and we know instantly the whole thing isn't about me. It's about them over there. Yeah. 
And it's just like 15 minutes into it, you're trying to find out, now how can I get out of this in 15 minutes? And people get defensive. They don't want to say what they're struggling with. They don't want to open up about about anything. They're just like, yep, nothing, fine. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, where if you're yeah. actually genuinely concerned about the person, like, you know, what are you struggling with? Like, what is, you know, is everything going great? Or, you know, you're just, it, yep. it's just a conversation, right? Yes. And I think the, I think the other thing in sales where, where people would, no one talks about all the sales, sales gurus don't talk about this, mm -hmm. but the truth is, is that on average it takes seven conversations to get someone to buy something that's high, high ticket. Yeah. So if you're buying, if you're not selling like a phone, if you're selling something that is of higher value and is an actual investment, it's going to take some conversations. I mean, most of us aren't Tony Robbins or Brendan Burchard. <laughs> like we don't have, we don't have all this authority and all these raving testimonials. Mm. We, we have, you know, a couple great success stories and like our heart and our, our will and our, mm -hmm. you know, our passion to serve people. And, but that still takes a couple conversations to have with people. The best salespeople follow up. And, and I you think see too, so many people, sorry. go ahead. I was just gonna say people can sense when you're impatient or do you know what I mean? Versus sitting back and like, cause as a salesperson, if you know ahead of time, Hey, it's going to take five conversations. A, there's less pressure on you for that day, but it also will show to the other person. Yeah. And it's, they have to be ready. You know, yeah. I've been pressured and bought, I bought through being pressured coaching packages and I just wasn't ready. And what ended up being is I never became a success story for that coach. Like you have to come and yeah. be ready when the person's ready for you. True. Not when, you know, when you want them. And I mean, this is a big debate. I have this debate with people all the time. A lot of people say, oh, I, you know, after one call, I won't, you know, talk to him anymore. And it's like, that's just not, that's not from a service base. I mean, the stats say it's seven calls and the best salespeople don't have the lines. They have the endurance to keep showing up. Yeah. You know, are you willing to have seven conversations with somebody? You know, are you ready to buy them coffee seven times and, you know, be open and willing to have that conversation because those are the best salespeople. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's, it, this is a long game. This is a long-term yeah. game. This isn't a ABC always be closing. It's a game of patience. It's a game of following up. It's a game of figuring out where they're at and how we can serve them. And there's times when you have to apply pressure when you know they really need it right now and they're just, you know, they're getting in their own way. And there's some times where you just have to be like, you know what? You're right. You're right. Like there's um, an example I've, I got, I just recently enrolled a new client. I talked to him about six times and the call before the last one where I closed, I, I hate the word closed, but I enrolled yeah. him. He said, you know, I've been, we've had these conversations. Like I've got this vacation you know, are you, I know you're going to call me out, but I just need some more time. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to call you out. Mm -hmm. You've got a vacation. Like there's, you know, go enjoy your vacation. You'll be charged. We'll start, we'll start moving forward. But on the next call, if you give me another excuse, I'm going to start putting some pressure on you. And he said, okay. And the next time we talked, there was no pressure. He was ready. Yeah. You have to, you have to go in when they're ready. If you want, 
if you're really there to succeed for them. I think it shows more respect for them. You know what I mean? It does. It does. Yeah, it does. Because, you know, the pressured sale, the closing lines, we, you and I deal with educated people. Yeah. You can't, you can't mind trick somebody into buying. They know you're, you know, they know you're manipulating them. Totally. And you don't want to go into that plate. You don't want to go in. I mean, you don't want to go into a relationship with somebody manipulating them. No. Then you're not going to trust them and you're not going to, you're just not going to trust them and who can work with someone they don't trust. Yeah. And I, I just, I think this is the thing is, we make, we build up sales to be like this complex yeah. NLP closing <laughs> line thing when it, it comes down to really three things, asking, serving when you're talking to them to figure out how you can help them and then following up. Yeah. And most people aren't asking enough to serve people and then almost nobody's following up. No. That's some great tips. What yeah. are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen some people make or that you've come across? In the sales mm-hmm. process? Um, the biggest mistakes, oh man, the, I think some of the big mistakes are trying to overcompensate where they are, um, especially people starting out we try to have a persona and we try to, you know, like I say, I call it, you know, playing God. We try to show that we're perfect right. instead of just, instead of letting people know where you're at, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to have a six figure business. If you're in the business coaching place to, you know, have someone want to hire you as their coach, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, but if you're transparent and you're open about that, everyone, everything's going to be better. You, because of the fact that they already know that you aren't anyways. Yeah. You know, we all know it. We all have this intuition. We all have this intuition us and we sense when someone's lying. So I think the biggest thing is we overcompensate, especially men. We're very good at men are very good at this. And, um, I, I think the, I think the biggest thing is besides that, is we just don't ask enough, right? We don't ask enough people that we want to serve to serve them. We just think we, we think of reasons why we, we can't work with them. Right. And the truth is, is we, we need to let them make that decision. <clears throat> and they may want us, they, they may want us in their life, but they didn't know that we thought that they would be a good fit. Part of that's a mindset thing too, right? And limiting beliefs of your own self-value. Yep. And the, the one that just popped in my head too is, is there's a confusion people have with marketing and sales. And it's, you know, it's not everyone's fault because especially the online place talks about, you know, you do online marketing, you're going to get clients. Yeah. But in the middle, there's a sales process. And when I started out, I thought I could tweet and Instagram and Facebook message and people would just start coming into my life. <laughs> and, you know, marketing is awareness and some of it generates leads, but you know, it comes right back to the fact of 
in the sales process, you need to ask. Yeah. So you build them, you marketing, build your awareness, you build the awareness. And then, you know, when they, when someone comes in your life, because of your marketing, you got to ask them to, to, you know, Hey, I would love to talk to you about working together. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of fear behind people asking, what if they say no? <laughs> yep. And they're going to say no a lot. Okay. You know, the, the greatest salespeople close at like 20%. I know. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not, it, that's just the truth of the game. If anyone says that they close 70% of their people, they're lying to you or they're selling <laughs> ice cream cones. I remember I uh, interviewed someone and uh, I forget who it was right now, but they basically said you should celebrate every no because it gets you closer to the yes instead of being like, oh my God, they said no. <laughs> uh-huh. I love, I love that. I know, right? I love that because when I got my, I remember I get two no's, straight no's, and I would just stop for like yeah. two or three weeks. Yeah, been there. Yeah, and it's just like, um, you say, am I good enough? Is this, does this marketing plan even work? Um, you know, and then I would sit there for two or three weeks and then I start convincing me that the, my strategy didn't work. And then I'd start a brand new strategy and I'd have to start from scratch and build it. And then I try it and I get about three no's and I'd be like, okay, this one doesn't work for me either. And and you know, it's, you don't even try it. No. Or you just think it's like, it's, it's not like, we're not going to lie. It's not fun to get a no. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, yeah. Give up. Like, oh my God, it's too much work. It's, uh, it's like, you know, have a victory over the no because it takes you closer to the yes. And, and yeah, if you're focusing on the serving versus the selling part of it, you would probably get so much more enjoyment out of it. You know, for me, it was actually when I got no's, I mean, I didn't sit around and like, oh, yes, but I was actually happy because I had clarity. That's what um, I like. my. Yeah. I mean, my nose, my biggest struggle with no was when I started out never asking people because I was afraid that the no of what the no was going to look like. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be this big dramatic thing when it was really just like, no, you know, I'm, I'm just really not that interested. And I was like, okay, all right. Now I know, now I yeah. know that where we stand. Exactly. I just want to have an answer. Like I don't have to agree with your answer, yep. but I just want to know why or whatever. If I, yeah, clarity or closure or whatever you want to call it, then I'm like, cool, I can move on to the next person. Yep. And I, I don't have to rack my brain about the what ifs. I should have I done it. Should I not have done it? Exactly. It's a lot like asking a girl out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. So true, right? Um, well, awesome. You have given us, um, you've inspired me to kind of think more about my story and my journey and some of my clients' pain points. Um, even just to interject that into my marketing to, you know, share some of my personal stories in that. So I really appreciate that. It will be, it will be a game changer for you, especially, especially with the stuff that you're doing online, because there's no way to stand out in the online world if you're not sharing who you are. And I I share those things when I'm talking to people one-on-one and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't know, I don't think of incorporating that into my marketing part, but um, the more I've spoken to you, the more I'm like, you know what, I should make more of an effort to do that. Cause yeah, it would be more impactful and more people would connect me, me that way. So I know if I've learned a ton from you in the past half hour, I know our listeners will have too. 
Um, so how well, thank importantly you. here, you're welcome. Um, how can people um, find more out uh, about you, Ben? Where can they connect? Yeah, with you? the easiest way is to go to clientenrollmentacademy.com. And there you can get your hands on a free template where I will walk with you through the template, how to build out really impactful stories, the stories that I've used mm -hmm. to build my business and to help other people build out their businesses. It's a free gift. It gives you everything that I do. And um, you just go to clientenrollmentacademy.com and you can see more of what I'm up to and you can get your hands on that template. Perfect. And we'll have the link on our show notes as well. Awesome. Super. So thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate your time. And I loved hearing your story. It's very inspiring. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Perfect. So that is it for this um, episode of Sailing to Success podcast show. You can, of course, get this and other episodes um, on my lindsayphillips.com website. And of course, if you want any content marketing strategies and need help implementing and attracting and acquiring more clients faster with powerful content marketing, you can go to smoothbusinessgrowth.com. So until next time, folks, I wish you a profitable and productive week and may the wins always be at your back. Thank you.